Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Sip and All podcast, where God puts the all in awesome. I am your host, Brandon Windsor, and I have some amazing news. We are at 20 subscribers on YouTube. Now, you might be wondering, Brandon, 20 people, 20 subscribers is not a lot of people. But let me just tell you something. I would like for you to invite 20 people over to your house and then you have to cook a meal for 20 people. And then you tell me 20 people is not a lot of people. Okay. I have a young adults group. I don't have a young adults group. I lead a young adults group at our church. And if we had 20 people, I'd probably die because that would be awesome. Um, Since I've led it, I don't think we've ever had 20 people. And so if we did, I would, I'd freak out. But good morning, everybody. Do you have your coffee? Because it's time to sip it all together. Are you guys ready? Here we go. Thank you, Lord, for this day that he has made for you and me. One, two, three. If you guys didn't notice, if you guys are watching on YouTube, last episode I talked about when I would go to the restaurants back in the Disney day uh, when I first met my wife, I would order coffee, orange juice, and water. Um, and then she told me that it was too expensive, which she was right. Um, that's what happens when you marry an amazing godly woman. And so today I have brought coffee, orange juice, and water. Glory to God. But I wanted to start today with a couple fun facts, okay? So this podcast, of course, is themed about the Lord and themed around coffee. And so I kind of was thinking about this week, where was coffee invented, okay? And then I had a like a thought in my mind where it's like, well, Brandon, coffee wasn't really invented because it's a plant. So you can't really necessarily invent a plant, right? And so I was like, well, duh, what I'm asking is who discovered the beans, man, okay? And so here it is, the history of copy, copy, oh my goodness, coffee. No one knows exactly how and when coffee was discovered, though there are many legends about its origin. Well, there you have it, folks. We have no idea. I'm just kidding. There's actually more information. An Ethiopian legend. Coffee grown worldwide can trace its heritage back to centuries to the ancient coffee forests of the Ethiopian plateau. Their legend says that goat herders, Kaldi, first discovered its potential of these beloved beans. The story goes that the Kaldi discovered coffee after he noticed that after eating the berries from a certain tree, his goats became so energetic that they did not want to sleep at night. Boy, I feel your pain. I cannot get goats to go to sleep at night. Okay, do I own goats? No. Let's keep reading. Kaldi reported his findings to the abbot of the local monastery who made a drink with the berries and found that it kept him alert throughout, excuse me, through the long hours of evening prayer. There's our source. This is our source to people saying, hey, you don't need coffee to go to church. Well, the guy who discovered coffee did because he needed to stay awake for long hours of prayer. Okay, well, there is the history of coffee. Um, Like they said, they don't really know exactly where it came from. So that is just a story that is just a legend. But this is probably one of my favorite things about coffee is the most expensive coffee comes from. Yes, you guessed it. Poop. 
I'm not kidding. It comes from doo-doo berries. Okay, listen to this. It is called Kopi Luwak. Kopi Luwak is the world's most exclusive and most expensive coffee. Not a sponsor. (laughs) The main factor of its high price is the uncommon method of production. It is produced from the coffee beans, which have been partially digested by an Indonesian palm civet and then extracted. In other words, I think it's a cat. Okay, I think the Indonesian palm civet is a cat. Okay, let's just look this up. Um, But basically, in other words... In Indonesian civet cat. Yep, that it is. It's a cat. It's an ugly looking cat too. It looks more like a ferret or a armadillo or something. Anyways, basically what it's saying is the cat eats the, the berries, something magical happens in its stomach, and then it poops it out, and then they drink the coffee. Here's my issue though. Here's my question, man. I want to talk to the man who decided (laughs) to take the poop and to drink it. I want to talk to the guy who looked at a piece of, you know, feces and was like, man, he just ate those berries and that, that poo looks kind of, looks kind of interesting. I'm going to try it. Same guy who discovered milk. When I get to heaven, I hope I hope I hope he's in heaven because I just want to talk. Like, what were you thinking? What were you doing? He's just watching a mom cow feeding his little, little baby cows, and he's like, "Mmm, I bet that looks good. I bet that, that I bet that tastes good. I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna try it. Give me some milk." And then he uh, ended up being the village's most weirdest man because he drank from a cow's udders. Let me take a sip. So anyways, there are your fun facts about coffee. Whoever discovered milk, I'll be praying for you because that's a little odd. Okay. (laughs) But yeah, man, the most expensive cup of coffee comes from poop. I think that's pretty weird. And I also want to talk to the man who discovered that because you are also weird. But it is actually like 300 bucks a bag. Yes, you heard me right. $300 a bag. So, um... That brings up this point. Um, you can now give to, I love how this kind of segue into this. You can now give to Sip and All financially. And now you might be wondering, well, what are your uh, finances going to be going to? Uh, the finances that we be giving to Sip and All are going to be being uh, put back into Sip and All to make your experience better, better equipment, a better software, uh, whatever needs to be done to make your experience better. And so I'm going to be putting a link in the description for you guys to give to Sip and All. Um, if it's a dollar, if it's ten dollars, whatever it is, it is greatly appreciated, and I'm super, super thankful. And so, guys, today what I really wanted to do is November, this upcoming month, is so lined up with so many guests. Um, And so before we bring people on, I wanted to still kind of get to know your host, kind of tell my story, share who I am so we can kind of get to know each other. Because guys, the fact that you've decided to tune in means that we are literally doing life together. Some of you are sitting in your car right now. Some of you are at work right now. And we're doing life together, which means I want to get to know uh, you and you guys should get to know your host. 
And so this episode, I'm going to be talking about how I used to be a heathen and then I got saved by Christ. And then episode three is going to be about how I have served the Lord, what I've been doing for the past five years since I got saved. Yeah, five years. And it's going to be super fantastic, wonderful. So let's get started. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and then A few thousand years later, his son comes, Jesus. And then Jesus dies on the cross for me and for you so that I can be set free and so that I can have eternal life with him. John 3, 16, one of my favorite scriptures. Okay, that is a great time to sip some OJ. Okay, now, 2,000 years after Jesus came and rose and went back to heaven, September 26, 2000, yeah boy, was born in Albuquerque, New Mexico. <laughs> yep, you heard it, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Let me just tell let me just say something about Albuquerque. When you live in a place for your entire life, it sucks. There is a song by John Michael Howe, and there's a line in this song that really ministered to me and it says familiarity is blinding. Just like whenever you live at a place for 18 years, the beauty of it is gone. Kind of like a long-term marriage. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that was bad. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, um, it's like her beauty is gone. We've been married 48 years. Just kidding. Um, babe, I love you. Um, I love you more than uh, the day that we got married. I felt like I should say that before we moved on. Any hoosers? Um, what was I even saying? Oh, my gosh. Anyways, so when you live in a place for 18 years, its beauty goes away, it's familiar, and it just it sucks. And so I moved away to do ministry, and then my first time back during my Thanksgiving break, the first thing that caught my attention was the Sandia Mountains. Boy, let me tell you, those mountains are so, 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 so beautiful. The sun rises, the sun sets in Albuquerque, when they just hit the mountains right, mwah, fun fact... Sandia means watermelon because when the sun sets, it makes the um, makes the mountains glow red, and so it looks like a big slice of watermelon. Fun fact for those Albuquerque people who didn't even know that. Um, I didn't know that. I found that out once I started to read more on the Sandia Mountains because, man, they're just so beautiful. Oh, my goodness. Albuquerque is awesome. The food is awesome. Um, I, I enjoy Albuquerque more me being away from it. And so I'm born Albuquerque, New Mexico. I had a pretty normal average life. I mean, nothing really cool major happened. Um, I think my life really took a turn in uh, high school. Yeah, my freshman to junior year. Those were my darkest years. Um, And when I say dark, I mean um, spiritually. Um, I was just super sad all the time. I was failing school. Um. I was in relationships that I should not have been in. Um, and my family could attest to this. Oh my goodness. My who I'm not going to talk bad about my ex-girlfriends, but who we, I hope they're, uh, I hope they know the Lord now. Anyways. Um, yeah, my life was just not the best. It was very dark and I was hopeless. And so I remember my junior year, uh, four twenty. Give it up for 420. Um, I'm hanging out with my buddies. 
and we're in the Mesa. And basically, if you don't know what the Mesa is, is in Albuquerque. It is the part of Albuquerque that has like no buildings. It's just desert, basically. It's with all the all the bushes and the rattlesnakes. And you go out there and you smoke some weed and you look downtown, look at all the lights and you just have a good time. That was a good time to sippy. Anywho, there's we were staring into the city. All my buddies are in one group laughing and I'm kind of like in my lonesome. And at this point in my life, I'm just so depressed. That's the only word I can really describe it with. I was so empty. I was so um, empty. (laughs) Like, I don't know what other word to use. I was so empty, so depressed. And I remember looking out into Albuquerque and I thought to myself, there has to be more to life than this. Like, really, there has to be more to life than this. And so, excuse me one second. There has to be more to life than this. And so uh, I talked to my cousin and he gave me a packet called Meditations Condensed and it talked about God. It wasn't necessarily a Christian packet, not that I think it was, um, but it talked about God and it really ministered to me. I talked about how God did not create you to be anxious and depressed, but he created you to have a long, fulfilling life. And that really caught my attention. And then the next day, I'm at my buddy's house. We're about to go smoke the marijuana, okay? Because uh, that's all we would do, play music and smoke the marijuana. And uh, the doorbell rings, and lo and behold, there's a girl. And she was like, oh, yeah, you should come to my youth group. I was like, sweet. God? Church? Uh, uh, I'll put two of you together? Okay, I guess I'll go for a little bit. And for the first few weeks, man, I felt so dirty. I felt so sinful. I felt like I did not belong. I felt like I was being judged um, by some of the other kids because a lot of them didn't really talk to me. There is a few that would talk to me, um, uh, but the youth pastor really, really was, he was just so sweet to me all the time. And so there, it was like my fourth, third or fourth time there. And I go outside after, um, I go outside after, uh, but, uh, what's it called? Church youth group. I go after, I go outside after service and I walk up this hill and I'm I'm not mad at God, but I'm just like, bro, like if you're real, you're going to have to show me something because I don't know if I'm really, um, I don't know if I'm really like, you know, supposed to be here because I'm, you know, I'm a heathen, bro. The things that I've done. Oh my goodness. Here is a boy broken. Here's a boy who's done so much bad. And he doesn't even feel worthy to be in God's house, right? And so I'm at the top of the hill and I look down at the church and the youth pastor walks out and I'm like, oh, he's probably looking for me. I got to go down there. And I'm like kind of crying, you know, he's like, hey, what's up? And then I just start weeping, dude. I'm just like, I'm a, I'm a heathen. Oh, and I tell my whole story, tell him all my shebang, all my, my, my stuff going on in my life. And uh, he prays for me. And I'm going to be honest, the prayer is not the thing that ministered to me. The thing that ministered to me was whenever we left, I found out that he didn't know that I was outside. He just like, he just, he, he, the Lord told him to go outside. He felt like he should go outside. And I was like, I asked for a sign. And then he went outside for me. Oh my gosh. So that started it all. Uh, but that is not when I got saved, okay? I got saved, I don't know. I don't really know the timeline, if I'm being honest. Probably like five months later, maybe. 
Because uh, my very first touch of God, and I'll close this, the very first time I actually felt God tangibly in my life, um, it was in Albuquerque, New Mexico. It was during a conference called Storm Conference. And I only attended one day because I was in summer school because, like I said, I was a heathen. My grades were terrible, but I wanted to turn my life around. So I I went to summer school. And so we go to this conference. I didn't even know what a conference was, right? And so I was just intrigued that, first off, this was in my hometown, and I've never even heard of a conference before. Um, So many kids, they're blasting Christian rap music. I was like, I didn't even know Christians could rap. I thought that was, like, demonic. I thought that was only what worldly people did. I was just shocked at everything that I was seeing. And the minister gets up there. And he preaches on a scripture that is so common to Christians. I think it loses uh, value because it's so common because it's on every mug, every t-shirt. If you go to Hobby Lobby, you can probably find a million items with this scripture on it. And that is the issue with people that they diminish scripture. The fact that it's the word of God should not, we should never treat it as common because this scripture, Jeremiah 29, 11 ministered to me and changed my entire life. And so if it's in the Bible, I don't, I wouldn't say there's like baby scriptures. If it's in the Bible, it's in the Bible. That means it's the word of God. That means that every scripture is so powerful. Okay. Now back to your scheduled uh, conversation. Okay. So he talks about, uh, the title was your story isn't done. My story isn't done. <clears throat> Jeremiah 29, 11. And he basically uh, says that your life is a journal. Every time you, every day is a page. You write it out, everything that you did, all your sins, yada, 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 your accomplishments, accomplishments, your goals. Um, from the moment you wake up, from the moment you go to sleep, write it down. And then he said, but every time you sin, every time you make a mistake, it's a coffee stain on the page. And he was basically saying that your life, your journal could be filled with coffee stains, but through God's grace and mercy, you can flip the page and start over. And I started weeping because I was like, wait, 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 wait. You're telling me that I can have a fresh start with God. You're telling me that my past doesn't define me. And but bro, I was weeping. And that was the very first time I felt the presence of God. And so that was in the summertime, of course, because it's summer school. And so a month later or so, we went to Champions for Christ in Branson, Missouri. Uh, Amazing youth rally, bro. Oh my goodness. And that's where I officially gave my life to Christ. And then I got baptized in 2018. And so I've been saved ever since. And so uh, the next episode, we're going to be talking about how um, God has been doing some amazing things in my life, what I've been doing since I've been saved. And so, uh, but that wraps it up for episode two. So the guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, I'm super excited to be doing life with you. And so these, uh, this episode and next episode, we're going to be simply getting to know your host and, uh, because we are doing life together. And so guys, I'm super thankful for you. Don't forget, you can listen to Sip and All on Spotify, Apple podcast. And if you'd like, if you're watching on YouTube, you can be, you can give and you can donate to Sip and All. The link is in the description. I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful for you. And let's bump the...
Let's bump up those subscribers. Uh, next week, we can have 40. And uh, the following week, we're going to have 60. And then soon, we will have a million. Mo! Um, but guys, I love you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in to Sip and All. And we will see you next week. <laughs>